Welcome to the Beargrass Christian Church Podcast. My name is Dee Decker, and I'm the Director of Communications here at Beargrass. This week, we welcome in the new year with a sermon from Dr. Bond titled, Happy New You, from John 1, 1 through 13. Here now is Dr. Lee Bond. And again, good morning and happy new year. Happy 2020. So good to see. I trust many of you had uh, splendid celebrations this past month, and uh, uh, we had a lot of wonderful things happening in the life of the church. So thanks to all of you for being a part of it, participating, sharing your gifts. uh, uh, The Advent Christmas season, uh, always a a wonderful time. And I think the highlight for for me and for many of you perhaps is is Christmas Eve evening where we uh, celebrate uh, worship with uh, uh, music and communion and that closing candlelight is always very moving and inspiring. And if you were present for one of those Christmas Eve services, I think I'd, I discovered something uh, about my messages. I, I think several of you or a few of you would would be just fine if all I did was show pictures of the grand boys and our new our new puppy Max. If, if I, you know, puppies and babies. I, how can you go wrong? But uh, I won't do that today. It's a one-time shot, probably so. And, and I also know I, we need to be honest here. We're in church here together. But I know this past month uh, has also been difficult and challenging for many of you. This pilgrimage between Christmas and the beginning of the new year is full of all kinds of lows and highs and countdowns and meltdowns. And, and for many of us, there is a letdown as we leave our vacation days behind and, and lug our extra bills and pounds uh, into the new year. One person sub, uh, summed up her feelings poetically. She wrote, "'Twas the week after Christmas, and all through the house, nothing would fit me, not even a blouse." <laughs> The cookies I'd nibbled, the goodies I'd tasted had gone to my waist, but none of them were wasted. Uh, so away with the last of the sour cream dip, get rid of the fruitcake, every cracker and chip. I won't have hot biscuits or cornbread or pie. I'll munch in a carrot and quietly cry. I'm hungry, I'm loathsome, and life is a bore, but isn't that what January's for? Unable to giggle, no longer a riot. Happy New Year to all and to all a good diet. That may resonate with some of us here this morning. One of my favorite theologians, of course, is Irma Bombeck. She uh, shared a number of her resolutions along the way. One year she made this resolution, I will go to no doctor whose office plants have died. took me a while to think about that, but it makes sense. Uh, so that was pretty good. Another year, she said her resolution was to plan to apply for a hardship scholarship to Weight Watchers. And then um, this one intrigues me. She made the resolution another year. <laughs> I will not loan my car to anyone to whom I have given birth. <laughs> There's got to be a good story behind that one. And you probably have some of your own. 
but as we move into this new year, resolutions can be helpful, uh, especially if there are changes uh, we hope to make in our lives, uh, in our rela- relationships, and so forth. Uh, <laughs> I kind of laughed. One guy called his his girlfriend uh, and heard the following message on the recording. Uh, the message went something like this. I am not available, but thank you for caring enough to call uh, and making some changes in my life, so please leave a message. If I do not return your call, you are one of the changes. <laughs> I'm not sure if she called back or not, but, uh, and of course, a lot of us have grown cynical about making resolutions at all. And someone said, well, in the life of the church, we don't have to worry about it. We make 2020 resolutions. And then at the end of February, we give them all up for Lent. Uh, so, uh, whatever your plan is, I hope it works for you. Uh, but I hope 2020 is a great year for you. And, and here we are, uh, starting off a new year, and it's, it's kind of odd. Uh, although the arrival of the, the new year may be the biggest party on the planet, uh, there's really no religious significance uh, tied to it, no religious label attached to it. For us as Christians, the first day of the new year uh, falls somewhere between Christmas Day and Epiphany. As you know from the song, the 12 days of Christmas were in the Christmas season, and today is, guess what? Uh, it's the 12th day of Christmas. We should have had 12 drummers drumming, Daniel, right? Uh, along with 11 pipers piping and on all, but we, we should, maybe we should sing it. No, we will not. Uh, it's my resolution for the new year not to sing the song ever again. Any, anyway, uh, so here we are on the 12th day of Christmas. Epiphany begins tomorrow, and we're making those calendar transitions. How many of you enjoy throwing your former calendar away? <laughs> something about letting that go, uh, even though a lot of it was great. Something about you know, bright and shiny, blank new calendar full of possibilities, potential for the new year. It's kind of exciting. It's kind of therapeutic because I think it stirs up something within us. You know, the, the chance to start over, the chance to adjust things in our lives, the chance to make improvements and so forth. Uh, we suddenly have this urge to make our lives better and to strengthen our relationships with each other and God. A professor of religion shared uh, kind of an interesting article. He talked about New Year's rituals, and he admits, you know, they really don't fix all that much usually. He says the world remains as fractured as it was before, but by conjuring up other worlds of our own imagining, rituals help us to live with the brokenness and ambiguities and ambivalences that attend human life. There's power in ritual. There's power in imagining something uh, beyond ourselves. And that kind of brings us to today's gospel lesson. John finally gets to take his turn telling the Christmas story. Uh, But we have to use our imaginations to get the message here. Other gospel writers have gone before and told their versions. You know, Matthew and Luke have both tried to strengthen the credibility of their stories by going back in their faith history. You know, Matthew goes back to Abraham and builds his story from that line. And Luke goes way back to Adam and builds his story from that line. But then John comes along and boom, beats them both. How far back does he go? Where does he go? To the first verse of the Bible, which says, you all know it, in the beginning, God, he takes us all the way back. But can you imagine 
what our Christmas pageants and plays would look like if all we had was the Gospel of John. John says, in the beginning was the Word. He doesn't talk about angels, doesn't talk about Mary and Joseph, doesn't talk about shepherds, doesn't talk about wise guys or the bright star they followed. He says, in the beginning was the Word. In fact, we can wrap up the Christmas story in one bright and shiny package if we look to the next verse in John 1, the 14th verse, 14 words in John 1, 14. And the Word became flesh and lived among us full of grace and truth. In other words, God decides to deliver the good news in person, in the flesh. Barbara Brown Taylor comments on John's gospel. She said, if all we had was John, this is what we would know from Jesus' birth. Before his name was Jesus, his name was the Word. And he was with God from the very beginning of creation. He was bringing things into being, making things happen, shining light into the darkness. He was God's self, God's soul, God's life force in the world, invisible and indispensable. He was the breath inside all living things. He was the electric spark that charged their hearts. He was the fire inside the sun, the space between the stars, the axis around which the galaxies spun. He was God's message to the world, and the message was light, and the message was new life. Powerful. Powerful. Now, that doesn't mean that all of us will get the message. It doesn't mean that if we read the words or hear the words, we'll understand all of them. It doesn't mean that all the pain and problems of the world will go away. If we reflect on these images, there will still be brokenness and darkness. There will still be war in the Middle East and starvation in Africa. The poor will always be with us. Families will stay fractured, and relationships will still be ragged, and bad things will still happen to good people. And even for those of us who are kind of spiritually tuned in, John's version of the Christmas story is hard to to listen to and sort out and and difficult to comprehend. His his words are a challenge to to even read. Someone was assigned to read this text on the Saturday night service and said, oh, no, I don't want that one. And it's a, it's, a, it's a tongue twister. I can't even get through it. And it is. It's a tongue twister. A lot of echoing in the language. and But it's also poetry. It's also poetry and, and, and mystery and majesty. And it's an effort to describe the indescribable. It's an attempt to wrap words around the one who is the word, Jesus. So with some imagination and some resolution, I think there are elements within John's story with which we can identify with, which we can affirm, you know, that perhaps we can proclaim with John, yes, let there be life. Let there be new life. We can proclaim, let there be light among us. We can proclaim, let there be glory and grace and truth. We may not be able to wrap our finite minds and lives around these challenging concepts and, and spiritual truths, but we can see it. When it happens, we can see it. We can sense it when that's going on in somebody's lives or in a group of people's lives. We, we can recognize when, when that 
breaks through. Grace does happen, thanks be to God, right? And the, and the glory of God does break through. You know, the light shines in the darkness. You've had experiences like that. Resolutions are made and kept. Things do change for the better. Great things happen to good people. You know, relationships do get restored. Families experience reconciliation and forgiveness, justice, compassion, peace break out. It happened for one of our new members who shares this story. She is currently on a month-long medical mission trip to Vietnam and Cambodia and asks for our prayers. You've got to really feel the call of God to make a month-long mission trip to Vietnam and Cambodia, right? But here's her story. She sent an email to kind of ask for prayers and, and share an update about what's going on. But she attended her first Al-Anon meeting here at Beargrass in 2011. So she's been around for a long time. But she sent me an email last month after she joined this church family. And she wrote, I was not able to drive myself, nor did I have the physical or emotional strength to walk into the building for that first meeting in 2011. But then miracles started happening with me as I attended the meetings and came to church, you know, where once I could not imagine living on my own since fear consumed every breath of my day, God had other plans. God used my healed brokenness to provide hope for others. And now God pulls on the strings of my heart and places me in some of the most obscure corners of the world. I pray that God continues to safely lead me and guide me to open my arms so that each person sees God inside of me. Regardless of my spoken language, be it through my eyes, a smile, a hug, or simply divine kindness or my passion mixed with contagious laughter, whatever it takes to connect. She writes, many miracles have occurred inside me, and I'm forever gratefully blessed for each person I have encountered. Each one so intricately affected my life, infusing positive energy and courage and strength and love into my heart and soul. She says, God continues to teach me to share the beams of light and love to assist people to become better people. God is good. What a great gift. In the midst of her darkness, in the midst of her darkness, she was dazzled. She was dazzled by the grace of God. She was able to, to see the one who is the light of the world. She came to know the one who is full of grace and truth. Another translation of those two words is loyalty and reliability. The word Jesus is loyal and reliable. The one who was present in the beginning is still present now with us. And from his fullness, we continue to receive grace upon grace. She knows that now, and it's changed her life forever. And it can change our lives as well. 
as we begin this new year together as a family of faith. It's my prayer for all of us in 2020 that uh, we'll, we'll pay attention, that we'll see the rich opportunities that we'll have to strengthen our relationship with God and with God's people and each other. And if we have open hearts and the eyes to see those opportunities will be there. The challenge for us, I think, is, is to be there as well, to be, to be present in those God moments and to pay attention. The presence and the power of God are with us. Thanks be to God. Happy New Year and blessings to you. Happy New You. Our overarching theme for worship this year is 2020 Vision. As the season of Epiphany begins, we will kick off our sermon series, Eyes to See. We would love to see you around the table in the new year at one of our weekend worship services. Our Saturday service is casual and meets in the chapel at 5.30 p.m. The Beargrass Praise Team leads us in worship during our Sunday 9 a.m. contemporary service, and at the 11 a.m. traditional service, the Beargrass Choir sings. All of our services include communion that is open to everyone. For more information on all of the activities happening at Beargrass, visit our website at www.beargrass.org. Until next time, peace.